0: In order to get full coverage on YouTube, you have to have copyright-free music because I'm all about getting that bag. You cannot get monetized if you have anything that resembles possible copyright infringement. Therefore, I had to change my intro. Hey y'all, this is 2022, a new year, a new time for podcasting. And I had to get a funky beat to basically express what I want to put out in the atmosphere. And this is Tinfro. I'm back, back, back again. I'm a social critic, thought leader, but I'm more reclus- reclusive and cranky. But I want to read, watch, cook, and just share all things that make me happy. My wish is that this increases the curiosity of the listening audience to come back for more and to share with friends. I want one million unique listeners and downloads. I want Creative Quality Millie to be known around the world. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. So if you're listening to me on YouTube, click subscribe tip a sister and I just want to thank you guys for listening and enjoy and get your bop on copyright free bernard shaw said it all when he wrote life is not meant to be easy my child but take courage it can be delightful i basically jacked that from an inspirational quote podcast and i believe truer words have never been said i usually don't um record um, this early or I tried to but I got off like about six minutes early today, got in a pool had to relax I feel some days that I would love to enjoy get back to the point where I enjoy what I do again I am getting there, but it's going to be with only a concerted effort, um, taking care of myself, taking care of my anxiety, um, and creating beauty the only way that I can. And as I sit here contemplating all these things, I start out this episode with Black Excellence. Um, I have an online bookstore I've renamed and redubbed far from Bill Street. You know, who knows? I don't know if one day I will relocate to Memphis because that's where black land is or I will just continue because I think it's more courageous to face adversity head on instead of running away from it. I keep remarking that I'm always... um, it's so impressive when you have people that what they, they had all this courage to face um, adversity and everything head on. Why can I be not such a punk about it all? Um, So I'm sitting here doing all I can do to Continue to um, increase or increase the f- visibility of my podcast by doing what I like. I can't not create, you know, I'm um, yeah. refocusing and coming up with better ways to just basically share with a listening audience things that interest me. If I become more adept and the um, leading uh, person about African-American new and exciting African-American uh, writers and artists, who knows? And every time that I do this section and I tell you about all of the additions to Far From Bill Street, my online bookstore, I think... Um, that's one up for us. And this is how we're gonna celebrate everybody that's in the diaspora. So I've added, I've, in the podcast notes and also on my, in my blog, you'll see me mention um, several of these authors, um, but I will share a few of them with you now. Um, I've also noticed that what I've been listening to um, have, has been a little bit heavy I'm really not into black romance. Um, Eric Jerome Dickey, I was really into him back in the day, but I really have not really followed um, his subsequent works um, since his uh way early death. But there are authors like um, Tammy Orange and Nikki May and Jabari Sim, but they're pretty kind of heavy. Wahala may, by Nikki May may be Um, just the balm to my more serious readings. For example, Memphis was really heavy and Take My Hand was very heavy. I think you guys, I think I'm going to enjoy that. And I'm going to, again, utilize my Audible because I think um, her as an Anglo-Nigerian woman taken with four women women that they compare, um, to, and just like that, or sex in the city, but they're Nigerian. I think that's going to be hilarious. Um, I'm adding, uh, who is this guy or girl? Lady Hubbard, the last suspicious holdout of the rib King fame. Um, I'm also adding Kelly Garrett's like a sister. And let's see what this is about. I don't know. It's actually a mystery. Uh, when a black reality TV star is found dead, except her estranged half sister, she refuses to believe the official story. So she's going to need um, some more answers. So that's going into For Us, By Us, but it's kind of out of the realm about what I actually usually read. So I'm going to um, probably put that on the back burner as one of those books that I really want um, to pick up. And I'm going to suggest at a later date um, to give a whole um, opinion of it on a later show. Um again I'm also finding that I am really liking I have so much technology um at my fingertips where I'm actually able to update my blog, um create videos shorts and uh record my podcast. And there are people that actually listen to it, so it's kind of cool. Now if I could just attract the right kind of people that will pay me um, to do the talking and to read great books. I mean, who knew? And this is The Violin Conspiracy. This is a guy that grew up in rural um, North Carolina He's already been mapped out, but he also has this gift of music. But of course, it's not really practical for African-American in the deep South. When is it ever uh, convenient for an African-American creative anywhere, I would argue. But again, when you can't do anything but create, you basically will create. Wahala, take my hand. Which I'm actually reading now. Which surprisingly, it's uh, I'll be talking about this um, um, at a later time. Uh, but that whole book by Dolan Perkins Valdez um, that'll go on um, in my um, premium content. It is an indictment of an entire system of inequity and racism. Um, It's moving, um, but it's also hauntingly familiar. Um, I find it embarrassing that I'm a part of any entity, corporate or governmental, federal, otherwise, that basically sanction uh, sterilization of people that didn't understand Uh, harken back to the Tuskegee Um, experiment for 40 years. Um, There was state sanction, um, basically genocide and sterilization of undesirables uh, if you were black and poor, you were considered an undesirable. Nobody would protect you from a 12 and 13-year-olds getting pregnant, um, but they also wanted to make sure that you couldn't have any kids ever again. It. I don't know. I just... The whole thing I found I found haunting um, and I'm hopeful that it's like one of those things that you don't want us to ever, or anybody to have to ever experience ever again. Um, this, by the book, by Jasmine Gullery, I think is also gonna be kind of like trash washing when i why I watch trash TV, this is a publicist who worked really, really, really hard, overworked, underpaid, feeling stifled, wow, and she's feeling completely lost. so she goes after a reclusive writer ends up in a Santa Barbara mansion to give them a pep talk. They soon discover that they have more in common than either one of them expected. As a deadline near, Izzy and Bo begin to realize there may be something there that wasn't there before. I don't know, I may. I added that to um, for us, by us, read by everybody and 10 for a podcast. It doesn't appear as heavy as some of the other works that I've actually uh, read or have been reading, so I can only be hopeful that you will enjoy these works as much as I've enjoyed them. And as far as the previous week also, I've had the uh, pleasure of also um, discovering several artists, um, and my dog is crazy, but several artists uh, that I, black, what are you doing? Black female painters that are making such uh, uh, have made such an impact that with Western and European sensibilities that you would not necessarily have heard or seen. Um, again, I refer you back to my Dell's Angels Inc. blog, um, and you can actually take a look at just uh, a name of a few, but a lot of these authors, a lot of these, um, a lot of these uh, painters are not so obscure. It's just that people would think that because they don't talk about them, that they don't exist. I'm more um, interested in the complete representational and not some of the abstract, like Amy Sherrill, who basically her picture of Forever fl- Floatus, Michelle Obama hangs in the uh, Natural Portraiture Museum in DC. Emma Amos, Laura Willing Waring, Lynette Vaidemboiki, Nadiki Crosby, Tanyan Adetola, Sungi Mengaya. Demetola Marcus, all of these women, either representation of African American artists or African or black artists throughout the diaspora are made such a impact on beauty and art that you would think, or we're being led to think that nobody knows them, but they should have as many props as many of the Western, um, influence artists because they are just the bomb. And I think they're the bomb. So I refer you back to my previous content where I talk about, um, and I'll follow up in my Memphis, the debut novel by Tara Stringfellow, but also in my blog, where you can actually see their magnificent work so far. And just let me know what you think. And if the message is not too trolly, I promise I'll read it on the next episode. Promise. Fingers crossed. One of the major things that I love to do on a Sunday afternoon, actually still Sunday morning, is... Read and watch TV. And this part of the show, The Beginning of Court Bar and Popular Culture, is realizing that my favorite, all my favorite television shows seem to come up or drop uh, Sunday morning. And particularly, you can hear the background is one of my favorite shows. P Valley, which you have to have a subscription to Stars. I don't know. Maybe one day um, I'll get a sponsorship, either from Amazon or uh, from Stars or Katura Hall. Um, this week's episode, it just seems like she's on some hoodoo shit, and the music is still slapping the. Dancing is Slapping, and it's called Seven Pounds of Pressure. I'm not gonna give a whole bunch of it away, but I'm gonna let you know that this episode literally just dropped a little bit after midnight. I have n- I have ridiculously already watched this twice full through. I'm getting ready to watch it again for the third time, And it hasn't even been released for 12 hours. I'm still tripped out. I'm tripped out about the actors, the actress that plays Mercedes, um, the actress, the new dancers, this white girl who is like the Gidget replacement. And then there's this other female that is, looks like she's the younger version, of the Mercedes character, and Big Bone is hysterically funny, because she can't, she can twerk, but she can't dance, and she can't work the pole, but she has body, adi-adi, really. Her body's so confusing, because that ass doesn't seem to be naturally occurring, but I'm with it, because she's beautiful. And the way the women dance, Whether you are respectable, ratchet, church-based, it is crazy to think that watching these women is like an athletic event and just watching them fly on the pole, it, it literally looks like these women are superheroes, sexually explicit superheroes. But... I just like the athleticism. I love the grace and the beauty. And as I said in last week's edition, Clifford is snatched. And it's his 40th birthday and he's not reacting well. Um, The whole storyline is, I honestly think, the pink is haunted. And we are deep down south in Diamond Is the purveyor seems to be of the hoodoo. Something is up with the Keyshawn character, the Mississippi character. I don't understand what hole does the not Richie Rich have over her, but he's still kicking her ass. And she goes on tour from one controlling situation to the next. I don't think her manager is up to any good. Little Murder is just hell-bent on just getting out, but what is also holding him back is his affiliation with this green and red gang. I don't know if they are a southern portion of the Rolling Crips or the Bloods, but I don't know, girl. I'm just concerned. That they're gonna take that hood mess ghetto hood mess is gonna what is going to keep him tied to Mississippi, not gonna get it get out where not only is he gonna lose his opportunity to excel and to explode on a national scene he may even lose his life. I think it's gonna need need to be another gun battle, and there's gonna be some more collateral damage. And not everybody can go where you have to go. Family, friends, etc. Some people you really have to leave behind. I don't think it would be of his best interest to leave Clifford behind, but he's gonna to have to leave them hood Negroes behind because they are gonna get his ass killed. I'm also, I'm probably gonna have to end up coming back to this because one of the things that I, as I dealt with this episode is on some hoodoo, Keturah Hall, the creator is on some hoodoo mess, for real y'all, and I can't even, but it is so representative of, I hadn't thought about it so much more since my own father passed away, Um, what, and the haunting. Um, there is a scene towards the end of the movie where when um, Mercedes kicks out Autumn or Haley, whatever she goes by, and she makes, she, uh, Haley uh, moves into the club and she goes to get a bottle of of booze, I thought she had stopped drinking, but I guess with this, her issues with her and Mercedes breaking up, she goes out um, into the main dance floor and, but before she goes out, it looks like her ex boyfriend in that cheap ass seersucker suit shows up on the screen. I don't get the significance of that, um, but I think it just lends its hand into, it's sounding like Mercedes actually shot him. Um, it And of course, Hoodoo Diamond basically says it takes exactly seven pounds of pressure um, to shoot a gun. And that's why she had that pain in her shoulder that he had to remove. Um, it was like the spirit of the gun and what her actions were is why she is having so much issues. Also, but it also goes to that whole room and the pink itself has some bad juju in there and it does need to be sage. It had, Something needs to be released because I believe the spirit of that man and all of his evilness is actually clouding the club and for the pink to get back to where it's going to need to be that spirit and badness is just going to need to be released maybe that's what it shows up to but evidently Mercedes Captain um Big L and uh Uncle Clifford chopped his ass up and all three of them including Diamond hid the body or they threw the body parts um into the Mississippi and it just washed downstream which either in its of itself, that's some macabre stuff that you actually have to live through. And what I do know is I am going to probably rewatch it again multiple times before next week comes back up. In addition to probably rewatching the entire uh, first season because I'm just that hooked on the music. And you know, we all gonna make it out this bitch in some other way, we can only dream, right? Um, it's hard to have creative feeling, uh, creative, uh, freedom when you are black and you are basically broke in this country. It dictates a lot of what your decisions are, but it also gives you that drive. I am still hate watching 90 Day Fiance. I'm grateful for the fact that I didn't have to see a lot of Bilal and the Emily chick because I can't stand either one of them. Um... Also, Guillermo, I'm having questions about him, too, and Eve and Muhammad. A lot of these people, they they are only showing the unrealistic expectations. I guess that makes good um, not-so-reality TV because highlighting the trauma and the the badness of a hastily made decision is, I don't know, it just wears on your nerves. Um, One of the things that I was very much interested in is the freedom, okay, let me think of some of the characters that I'm kind of warming up to. I think I am going to check out Jabri's Black Serbian's Um, Because they had, uh, for the simple reason, that they actually had uh, a recording session in Chicago. And I think I like the alternative type music. That's probably the best thing I've ever had. Um, Jabri is from Mixed Dude from the Midwest. I still think she's black fishing. But I'm like, Miona, what? Nationality? Are you for real? I, I don't know. She, I saw her try on her wedding dress and it doesn't look like it's bronzer that, too dark bronzer that she's putting on. She's actually from somewhere Mediterranean or Northern Africa for all I know. She seems just mixed to me. I'm not sure. But what I am sure of is that Jabri going to have to make a decision because you can't have both. You can't be so dedicated um, at the expense of your career. And if they slap and if they have the potential to hit, why not go along with that? I don't know about the only person that seems to benefit from their relationship um, is Miona um the group doesn't and he seems to be better when he's creating and when he's in that group and maybe that's the issue that uh De- David could not verbalize but if he's going to be whole and create and the group is going to continue he's better that way and if the person that he's supposed to be in love with and married to can't understand that then they may need to keep it she may he may need to step off it's sad, but you can't make it work when y'all are on two different wavelengths. It just doesn't go. That's real. Um, the Emily, I don't, their relationship is not realistic. And again, uh, the dude from Cameroon is never going to get the support of her family because they think he's crazy. Um, and then she's unrealistic and just, she's, Uh, very caring. I want it my way and I'm not willing to compromise. And I think that's going to be his end. I think he's going to end up being deported. Just saying. Also, because they are definitely mismatched. Oh, and they did not show Ari and Beniam in this week's uh, episode but he actually has a featherweight uh, bout that they're gonna be showing next week, and Ari already flipped out on him um, previous week when he had to spar with that female, so this is gonna be very, very interesting, and I don't know if she's gonna be able um, to tolerate because he may very well get his ass kicked. Um, MMA is no joke, and I don't know if she has the stomach to handle it. I've also watched this episode of All Stars, um, where I think it was it Raja, and somebody else both got um, two stars. Um, they have to give keep one for themselves and give the other one out, and then they still have to be concerned about blocking using the platinum plunger. I am just always marvel at the, again, the artistry of this, of drag. Um, And having the best of the best never seeks to, ceases um, to be just impressive. Looking at it from an artistic standpoint, the music, the fashion, and how much uh, um, conventional fashion steals from the drag world, and then they try to drag them, it's just so cheesy but just the the art the overall artistry of those artists it just blows my mind how talented they are and just all around funny they are you don't have to agree with the lifestyle or even if you are homophobic it's that that art form is just not for you so don't watch it but for those of us that can appreciate the artistry and that type of Uh, creativity Um, all stars this um, season of all stars is magnificent and again not getting a plug just giving them their ups because it is absolutely amazing and I'm only going to mention this briefly because I did wake up in the middle of the night and watch it and I probably am not going to watch it again it seems like the First Ladies probably has wrapped. I watched the last two episodes. What I was most impressed with was um, how Betty Ford got clean and how it came to be that she had, why the Betty Ford Center was in Palm Springs, California because there was no rehab there. How Eleanor Roosevelt um broke it off with her homo- her long term homosexual partner didn't realize that she lived for another twenty years after Franklin Delano Roosevelt passed away. He actually had significant uh cardiovascular disease. Uh cabbages uh were not a. Av- root um widely available or were not available at all. Um, he probably didn't. We only, I think we only had digoxin, no Intresto, um, And he still carried on with his uh, paramour, his mistress, who was at his side when he passed away and how the daughter facilitated it and Eleanor still knew about it, but that's why she cut him off. I did not, also did not know that she had a very uh, strained relationship with the daughter, her daughter Anna, who was everything that she was not. Fair, blonde, I don't know if that had a lot to do with it, but she was the only daughter, and she did not remotely have any really connection with her. She was definitely, the daughter was definitely a daddy's girl. And they facilitated him in so many different ways. And it wasn't until he died, um, at the few, probably in the first few months of his fourth term that they were like, you know what? We need to have a two term, um, maximum on the presidency because of FDR. But he, although he did a lot of things, great things for this country, he was still a man. He was fallible, um, and it seems like his wife was stronger than he actually was. I basically believe that for both him and for Betty Ford. If they had been born in different times, both of them would have probably been uh, presidents themselves. I fast forwarded uh, for the most part through um, the Michelle Obama Rendition by Viola Davis because all I kept yelling at TV was, Girl, relax your fucking lips. She doesn't talk like that. She doesn't walk like that. Um, And she doesn't sound like that. It was. I'm going to have to probably go on record and say, I can't, I couldn't get past. I think this was probably one of the worst portrayals. Of viola viola Davis's um, career I think if you listen to the message it was very clear the only thing because it was I couldn't even watch the end of the Obama presidency and then the beginning of the nonsense of the Trump years some of it becoming and the seeing the uh almost roommate from princeton and even that fell kind of light and going through the trauma of some of the worst and egregious things that this administration was allowed to do and to say um i didn't really feel necessary that i had to um see that again it's just like watching the january sixth riots I don't need to see that shit again. I I've lived through it once and I'm good and I'm still recovering from it. I don't need to be triggered again and rewatch it. But there were so many things that they highlighted that it also made me very sad how I did not know just how much the Clintons or Hillary Clinton in particular in her campaign for presidency was fraught and was beleaguered and they did not take the threat of Trump and the, uh, how many people would rather elect a sociopath than an Oxford grad from Arkansas. She, and that they were so mad that they could not take another four to eight years of, they were so, white people were so angry that, they, that a black man who was pristine was elected and ran the country into its heights. They were, the backlash of that was just so great at the same time, the explosion of social media, people have have been mad for eight years, even more so than when Clinton was in office. They were just so angry that of that, and they had this subversive sociopath, dyslexic run the country. They would rather vote for him, even though he was a sexual predator, than Hillary Clinton, the, her aloofness, not waiting to the very last minute. And her, she trashed Obama when she first ran and he had to, and she had to concede the nomination, party nomination to him. And Michelle never forgot that. And they waited until the very last moment when she, they could have been campaigning for her and with her and would have written in on the coattails of the nomination if they had played it right, but they played it the same and they got played by Chump. And we're still smarting from that. The backlash is real. We could have had another four and eight more years. We would not have had the chaos. A lot of this nonsense that have happened throughout the world, it would not have led to some of this leftist BS that has exploded In the last four and a half years. It would have been a lot different if they had trusted right and trusted um, the data and just and if they had just utilized them to the point of positivity. And if you if we really wanted to continue to this agenda of prosperity and not of avarice and me, 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 she should have been elected but they didn't play it right and they got got because they say nobody in their right mind uh, would vote for that fool. Well, they underestimated foolishness, I think. That's the only part of her performance that got me thinking and it wasn't necessarily her performance is what remembering those times and some of the things that they said because I didn't even really like the uh, portrayal of Hillary Clinton by whatever actress that was Definitely forever float is being portrayed by Viola Davis. I couldn't get with because I couldn't look at her in her face with her um pursed lips looking like the slappy uh minstrel show puppet. Um, I just couldn't get past that. And the pimp because Viola Davis has issues with her joints and the strut that um. She could not, because of her own infirmity, she could not mirror the same strut of the regalness of Michelle Obama. It's just, I don't know why nobody told her any of this. And why, I don't, and I hate being an armchair critic. It's just, is this the best y'all could do? You know, I like the young actresses that played uh, Sasha and, oh, what's the other little girl name who's absolutely beautiful now? And the girl, the young actress that played a young Michelle, but it's just really hard for me to imagine Viola Davis in this role. Viola Davis on her own Is beautiful, but I think she should have, she could have, and should have played this different than it coming off as an awfully uh, meme menstrual show. Because every time I see those lips, that's all I see is the menstrual cartoons from the 1930s. Maybe that's a horrible thing to say, but that's all I could see. Um, And I don't know if the directors or acting coach or whoever just did not feel that they had enough strength to correct her, but her, some of her mannerisms is what I think took away from this role. Um, I wonder, I don't think they have spoken because I haven't really heard anything online or, but I haven't really been looking. Maybe that'll be the next thing I do uh, before I completely complete the recording of this episode to see if Michelle Obama has watched it. And if she's saying, man, do do I purse my lips? Is my walk that halting? Nah, girl, it's not. It is just this portrayal um, has made a meme out of some of your subtleties. And it was just, seems like it was just broadcast and highlighted when it didn't need to be. So who gets the donkey of the week? These fools are the perpetual donkeys of the week. DeSantis and his medical crony, that Uncle Tom, Doctor, what's his name? I can't even remember this fool's name. Because he makes me sick. DeSantis bullying the Special Olympics to drop their vaccine mandate goes to prove that he is completely uninterested in, in keeping anyone safe. Um, and he's backed up by an uh, associate professor uh, that is head of the Florida Department of Health. We got these people that are willing to do this dude's dirty work and to purport things that are so contrary to medical and doing no harm. It is hard for me to even say I support or to support the University of Florida because of this fool being on the the board. I don't... It's all about bullying. It's all about people having these really conservative and just absolute wrong ideas about things in general. The war on transgender youth, bullying the Special Olympics to drop the vaccine mandate, making, I'm sure Eunice Kennedy is spinning in her grave that it well, they just didn't pull up out of Florida and that's where you do, you hit these types of stupid bullies. You hit them in the pockets. So when are other alum from University of Florida, that system, health system, y'all gonna get tired of these fool making a mockery of science and of our university? When are we gonna just say enough is enough? When the big co- When the money stops rolling in because we can't support what doesn't make any sense. But if y'all are willing to have the NRA and a lot of these other anti-vaccines and whatever, whoever line your pockets. If y'all are okay with that, that's on y'all. And y'all gonna have to live with that. Also, I want to play a little clip for you guys because this basically tripped me out. This um, dropped on June 2nd. And this also goes to the fact that I left this in uh, draft since uh, April 22nd um, because, one, I didn't care. And then, two, I didn't really realize it until several another podcaster had brought this up. I listened to Demetri L. Lucas religiously um, as well as The Read. Uh, mental health is a real thing. Um, also, just other medical conditions are a real thing, but mental health is a real thing. The struggle is real. Y'all stop by um, the read and y'all check on Kid Fury. Um, he admitted so much in his the last recorded episode of his struggles with depression. is very widely known how much they support therapy, but he was clearly suicidal, and he's had these breakdowns, emotional breakdowns, on a prior show that I can remember, um, at the height of the pandemic, and this episode was more poignant because I I don't I think if they if he did not check himself into some other some type of locked unit and is under a suicide kind of Baker Act watch, I would be surprised. What did not surprise me is there have now there is no episode. Um, that came out this past Friday And it's not clear when he's going to actually be back uh, But I talk about this section um, Because after April 22nd A lot of people, including that Schumer babe uh, Said they were triggered by the violence of the slap And blah, 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 blah And I put this in draft because I basically forgot about it um, But I'm glad I didn't delete it what brought it back up is Wendy Williams and Carson Kressley are hosting the William Wendy Williams show. And he asked her about Jada Pinkett Smith Smith's response. Um, the response, her response to the slap and what she thought, um, And I'm gonna just dial this back a little bit. I'm gonna play for you what. My deepest hope. She said. These two intelligent, capable men have an opportunity to heal, talk this out, and reconcile. The state of the world today, we need them both. And we all actually need one another more than ever. Until then, Will and I are continuing to do what we have done for the last 28 years, and that's keep figuring out this thing called life together. Oh, way to quote Prince. Uh, <laughs> this thing called life. Uh, what did you- that night, as far as I was concerned, was going to be crowned this generation's Sydney Poitier, which is a huge honor. Mm-hmm. I felt to be a good partner. There was no. I. I felt that her response was overly dramatic. And she also made it a point to point out two blockbuster movies that she happened to be in with them. Um she also pointed out that he was going to be crowned uh the Sydney Portier of the Generation, and because of the slap and act like a thug, he didn't get that crown. I would Uh, I would basically say I don't think that's true. He still got the reward. He still got crown. He acted like somebody from West Philly, but did that hurt his standing in the community? No. Did that hurt his chances of rebounding back from this? No. And nobody, he Sidney Portier wouldn't have had to go on stage and slap anybody because nobody would have tried to punk him like that or talk negatively about uh, a, that joke was in poor taste. It was poorly constructed and he didn't need to say it. That he, Chris Rock got got because he went off script and he went after this man's wife. Um, should he have reacted that way? No. But this, this reaction is just overblown. And also... Who cares? Does that slap make us all look bad? No. We don't know these people. It's not making it hard for any of us to be able to continue to live and to exist in this world. Will Smith slapping the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth does nothing for the average run-of-the-mill black person in this country. It looks. It makes me look at him in a different light because he. Based, I'm sure they had, and I've said this before. I think they had this conversation. They've been player hating him for years since Jada went from Pac to Big Eared Goofy Ass Will Smith, who actually is more powerful and richer than any of those people that have been on on the grind forever. Because he was the golden boy when Pookie and them, that's Chris Rock, were still grinding. Sorry you didn't get the prize woman. And your react her reaction to Jada Pinkett Smith, again, his, she had no nickel in that dime. Jada Pinkett Smith said something without saying anything. She basically recognized it and realized it, but. What does she, what accountability does she have to have in it? He was defending her. I'm sure she didn't tell him to do it. And he did it. He acted on his own. What 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 more does she have to do or not do or not say? You know, she if she said nothing, they were talking. Now that she said something, there's well, which I think is nothing, but now they're still talking, and you got these overreactions. What her this what was not career ending for Will Smith, who is a franchise amongst himself, is an end to the possibility of Vivica Fox ever having to work with somebody as respectful, as marketable, and as career changing in the future, because this is just a little blip, in the future, I honestly think Will Smith or one of his kids gonna come back bigger and better before, but her opportunity to ride that newfound wave, she has basically burned that bridge by being an auntie and trying to preach, preach this respectability bullshit. That's what's gonna, with that, her career, a potential blow glow up again has possibly ended, but not that slap girl. And anybody else that thinks that crap, Got another thing coming. Also, I'm gonna briefly mention this because I hadn't followed it. If you guys have been watching anything online about D.L. Hughley and uh, Monique Beefen over who was gonna be the headliner at some comedy show in Detroit, it sounds like it was a promoter issue. Um, the Probably the promoter basically both promised them, both of them, to be the headliner and, they, and was playing them off of each other. And instead of the two black people beefing with each other, they should be beefing and calling the promoter out on their bullshit and not this squabbling these old people squab, black people squabbling online when everybody's just say somebody take their phones and move this off of line. I didn't even look up where DL Hughley had said some rude crap on his uh, podcast or slash radio show or. Uh, Monique has gone live and had her rant. I don't have time for that. I don't want to basically lean into that negative energy when they should be beefing with the promoter um, and probably get more and get another opportunity to headline respectfully. Um, But there you go. That's all I got to say about that and about black aunties and uncles doing the most online overreacting. And it looks like Vivica Fox got her face fixed because I'm looking at these um, stills and it looks like she had somebody correct her nose and her cheeks and she doesn't look like a caricature of herself. Just saying. I wish, if you're not gonna really say anything, I wish you're gonna just be quiet. Really, shutting up is free. I feel fortunate to be able to produce um, either what you would call bonus episodes or episodes outside of my regular podcast. Um, because the podcast is 10 for reading. And I guess I should put it, I'm reading and listening. Um, because I have the pleasure and it's really cool for me to be able to talk about um, books and what I'm listening to or reading. um, I'm gonna make a a concerted effort not to buy another book, uh, but I do have a pretty cool Audible um, account that I can listen to most every book um, that is released. No, it doesn't take the place of the look and smell and the feel of books. But in this way, I still get to enjoy uh, the written word in oral or recorded form. So in this section, and because I don't have uh, permission to read from these books and to share certain paragraphs, I can at least talk about my feelings and what, how I felt about certain sections, without uh, uh, illegally reproducing the work of art. So here is Tara Stringfellow's Memphis, the conclusion. And thank you for listening. So as I finish up and I'm listening to the acknowledgements of Tara Stringfellow's Memphis, I'm just stunned, or I'm just grateful to my ability to be allowed to create. I have the time and the inclination to just talk about what I like. Um, that's one of the main reasons why I started the podcast, and it, I wouldn't even be able to dream of a reality where I could be a podcaster and creator full time but still make bank because I still got bills to pay. What I also have noticed is because I don't have the rights to the books themselves, I can't read any part of them. I can't, I'm not allowed to do that without having some type of copyright infringement. So I can only basically talk in depth about how the book has affected my viewpoints going forward, or any book have affected my views. And these are my personal opinions. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It's just how I feel about the words that are contained within the pages. Overall, it takes more courage to exist, just in general. It takes courage to exist as a black creative, especially a black female creative. It takes courage to continue to dream, to grind and to prosper and then to prosper and be prosperous, but don't be don't apologize for it. All of those things take a significant courage. the, the character art of all of the characters um, in the book, all affected by space and time, And I'll actually get to how all of them affected me individually. But even though the book was a series of dizzying flashbacks, it still was very cohesive because they all had to pick cotton, they all had to live, they all lived through traumatic events, wars, rumors of wars, um, mass shootings, and they still existed. It was like, society kept daring them to exist. So, society kept raging war against them. Society kept having these death rage with the KKK, uh, pogroms, shooting bullets at them. In all of the world wars in Vietnam, the lynchings, Still continuing up until this day, but definitely when the police lynched one of their own, as far as Myron North, um, the character Hazel's husband and Miriam's father. They all dealt with this type of trauma differently. It didn't it, it was the violence that surrounded the characters in this book everyday life was just astounding. And it was so relatable because as African American woman creative, this is my reality. Not so much of living in a real hood with gunfire and the sweet sound of AR-15 as your daily existence. Or you ran with a uh, group and committed murders before you went into the marines, like one of the characters, uh, Father Jacks, in Chicago. But this book is relatable for the level of violence that all African-Americans in this country are exposed to on a daily and for generations. I basically listened to Beyond, uh, I think I stopped on Sunday was talking about when Miriam finally left her abusive husband, he had just made major and for whatever reason, he blackened her eye and they moved back to Memphis. In the six years since that period of time, there was a lot of living. We learn more about Derek he was finally arrested uh, for committing or participating in a drive-by. And how these hurt and broken men just screw with us and we still carry on and we're still continue to be great. We struggle and we struggle and not really leaning into or profiting from our gifts and our greatness because life gets in the way of that. It seems like the U.S. military is concentrated white supremacy, um, the rank and file, um, and it has, it just smacks of that. I had to, I went through the, just talking about the character, arc. Myron, we found out that he had basically was drafted into the World War II got out, survived some of the most violent uh, war fights, um, took only come back home to make, become the first, Memphis's first black detective, but he was actually lynched and murdered by his own. Then there's Jax, who was taught how to fight, he already kind of knew how to fight, for, it was, came into the military damage. He was the killer before he even went to, into the Marines, went through Desert Storm, wonderfully trained, had the mistake and had to live through the mistake of killing innocent civilians, and came back, made rank, and who he took it out on was the low-hanging fruit, was was Miriam. His brother Bird, who is his fraternal twin, is also a thug, but he is uh, of the streets, Miriam, who's also in herself was broken, was born one week after her own father was murdered. She was always coddled and protected by the community and her mother. But she still, either she ignored or she had no experience with love to realize that the guy in the pressed uniform had demons that he had not dealt with and she was gonna catch his hands. August was the product of lust, but she was a brilliant artist, wonderful voice, never leaned into her gifts. Her father actually was her mother's lover, a civil rights activist that was um, also assassinated. Hazel the strong matriarch, she never wanted anybody She never wanted anybody's help, became to a tea, a black activist and almost like Queen Victoria. And she continued to mourn her husband and be a widow until she passed away. The men that surrounded them, the main characters like Stanley and Marlin. Bird, Jacks, the civil rights activist that was murdered. And even August's violent lover who we come to find out that is Derek's father. But he was a supreme dickhead and also very abusive. It's over and over again that men are warped to have to continue to prove their humanity while they are treated inhumanely, while they are abused. Uh, and killed without impunity. And they are warped over and over again. And they pass this on to first subsequent generations. They're all uh, products of violent events from World War II to the ongoing lynchings in this country, to MLK's murder, to the gun violence that rocked Memphis um, since the late 60s. Even until now, the 2001 World War World Trade Center attacks and all the Gulf Wars, one and two, Afghanistan, 20 years in that hell hole and possibly now Korea and uh, Ukraine. And after all this violence and hell and fear and domestic violence, Joan and Maya could now be allowed to lean into their gifts. And that's how the story ends where Joan actually gets accepted into a prestigious um, fellow artist fellowship in London. She has, but she has to be freed from the bondages of violence and of doubt, self-doubt and of generational uh, low self-esteem. She has to do this after the 2001 um, Trade Center attacks. And when he come, her father comes back with his brother, finally apologizes for the ghost um, and the gulf that warped him. He's trying to heal, but Marion had had enough and she had moved on. She probably had forgiven him years ago, even through the struggle, but she really didn't need him to complete her anymore because now she was complete. And it's through Miriam discovering Jones are in Derek's room, her daughter's rapist, and then Joan going to confront him or to see him is how she is free to live within her talent. I'm also tripped out because I've also been able um, or allowed to discover um, African-American, famous African-American, artists that I didn't even know existed. This is what reading does to you and having the time um, to focus on things other than your work because sometimes work can just be boring. And although I think this company, um, Coonness.com or maybe it's com, an online art platform, the name may be slightly problematic. I'm excited to find out or have found out, and I'm going to post some of these black female artists' works of art um, in the blog notes as I when I actually get this um, as part of uh, this is what you get when you subscribe. Um, to anchor at my Anchor FM or Podbeam or Patronist page, you get uh, more information. This fictitional Black af- African American artist, I'm sure, is based on someone I don't know who it is. But through this book, I was able to look up people that I really didn't know, like Laura Waring, um, with huge uh, funds of work. I'm a Thomas. Louise Jones, Gwendolyn, Faith Ringo, Emma Amos, Suzanne Jackson and Amy Sherald of the Flotus Forever. Her portrait hangs in the National Portrait uh, Museum in DC. And I seem to um, lean more into the more uh, realistic renditions of the Linzette, let's see. Sungai Malingia and just so, even though I've hacked up their names, um, this list that is on this webpage, that, which also will be included in the notes, do not just point to African-American female artists, but African um, or black artists throughout the diaspora. There's Cynthia Sifa Malanga. There's Damaloya Marcus. A most more of the postmodernistic and abstract um, renditions. They are probably (laughs) beautiful in their own right. But again, I am more drawn and more so appreciate, um, further appreciate um, the beauty of more realistic rendition of the um, uh, human form. And what I will post is the portraiture that that speaks to me um, more realistically. Because there's 30 and counting. I'm probably going to include the ones that I find the most compelling um, in the podcast notes. And it seems that the character is just like anyone in real life the more that you try to restrict them the more they are um, determined to create and it was like she had to create to push back the darkness that was her existence and she they asked the question could black women ever know freedom yes when you are truly free to create beauty in whichever form, either through drawing, through painting, uh, through whatever your profession is, uh, being a podcaster, uh, being a blogger, that's when you know true freedom. Because if you cannot not create, and also you get paid to create, that's true freedom right there. You're you're richer than you ever thought you could ever be. And richness to me is more than monetary gain. It is about a full freedom, um, the being able to exist and not apologize for it and exist and be prosperous and never have an, and don't apologize for it. That's true freedom to me. And I hope to encourage other people to pursue aggressively their passion um, and to create beauty. So that's how we're going to end this episode, and I'm going to end it with a, po- a positive word. I used to scoff at people making this statement because maybe because of its simplicity, or maybe because it sounded more like an admonishment that I was being everything but kind. But then when I started investigating it for myself, that's when I realized that I was confusing politeness with kindness. Politeness is a fake superficial manner in which there's no required investment, no self-reflection. But being kind is an adjective. It is on, it is an action. If you're kind to yourself first, it's like exercise memory. You will continue and be kind to others. Let that sit with you for a while. I'm going to try to be kind to myself I'll be kind to others. It's very simple and you gotta repeat it. Lean into the spirit of a new year by counting your blessings, giving to others and spreading happiness. I know I will. And this episode or this podcast is my means to spread joy and happiness and life and enlightenment. There's so much going on with aggression and um, just meanness. But if I can leave you with one small positive thought, start your day with that, that can change everything for you and, and just basically change your day. Don't forget to check out Dale's Angels Inc. for the notes on this podcast, as well as other works by CQM in, um, that are, and other contributors that are in work or in, um, being edited right now. Um, also check out my Instagram feed, 10 is Reading. You can check me out on Facebook, 10 is Reading Book Club, as well as my YouTube channel, 10 is Reading and Eating, and what I'm just chatting and streaming. Um, at TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter. Uh, navigate to Writers Block Coffee or ShipaBagAddicts.com. Use my promo code 10 Coffee or Tenfro Got Jokes respectively to get a percentage off of your order. Don't forget to drop me a line at reading at gmail.com. Um, all non trolling messages may be actually uh, read online and you can do the same if you are in Podbean or Anchor or wherever you listen to the podcast. And again, shedding light and positivity. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it.